Hey, hey, any youth leaders out there? Serving with youth in the church is probably one of the most enjoyable callings, but it brings with it a lot of responsibility. How do we effectively lead this rising generation? Well, I have good news for you. Leading Saints has organized the Young Saints Virtual Library, where we have 20 plus hours of presentations all about how to lead youth. We cover topics like how to help youth transition into adulthood, how to help them avoid loneliness, how to handle smartphones in class, and we even go over scientific data about how Latter-day Saint youth differ from other youth. If you'd like to review the Young Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org 14. Hey everyone, before we jump into this episode, I want to ask you a question. Are you familiar with BYU Pathway Worldwide? Now, I'm sure some of you are more familiar than others, but they recently reached out to us at Leading Saints and said, hey, Kurt, you got a great podcast, awesome audience, especially an awesome audience of leaders. We would love the opportunity to come on the Leading Saints podcast and talk about what BYU Pathway is and how leaders can better leverage this incredible resource that the church has put together to help people advance in life, in the in the gospel, and in so many ways. And I said, you know what? I would be honored to have you on the podcast and talk through these things. And so I got connected with J.D. Griffith, who is the Vice President of Administration at BYU Pathway, and went downtown, went to their, their campus, and we had a phenomenal discussion. Now, in the first part of this interview, we're just going to talk about the history of BYU pathway. Where did it come from? Why did we need it? We have these other stellar uh, institutions of higher education, right? BYU, BYU-Idaho, and so forth. So why do we need BYU pathway? And what is it? Is it just a, a cute online college program or, or is it more? Well, I believe me, it is much more. And then in the main, this the second part in the majority of the conversation, we talk about how leaders can better leverage this program as they lead. And, and man, I was so impressed. Like this isn't just like to help with welfare. Obviously, if people are unemployed or underemployed, BYU Pathways is a great thing to look at. But it extends to to helping your ward mission, to help ministering, to help return missionaries or, or YSAs. Or, or recent converts. I mean, there's this is such a dynamic opportunity, and I was inspired leaving that campus thinking, wow, leaders have so, so many resources like BYU Pathway, and the more that we can get familiar with it, the better. And I've just got to share this quote that Elder Holland actually said about BYU Pathway Worldwide. He said, I consider the creation of BYU Pathway Worldwide to be the most important and most far-reaching development in the church educational system since the creation of seminaries and institutes of religion over a century ago. Woo! Tune in, folks. Listen closely and understand the power of the BYU Pathway program and uh, use it. Use it in your leadership. All right, let's jump in. Here's my interview with J.D. Griffith, the Vice President of Administration at BYU Pathway Worldwide. Today, I'm in downtown Salt Lake City at the offices, campus, uh, whatever you call this, BYU Pathway uh, Worldwide with, with J.D. Griffith. How are you, J.D.? Great. Thank you. Yes, BYU Pathway Worldwide. Nice. Now, are you noticing like, like people are putting an S at the end? Pathways? Yes. Should uh, we end this now? You, this, is a, <laughs> this is a formal statement from J.D. as the Vice President of Administration. No more S, right? It's just BYU Pathway Worldwide. It's the Pathway Program. Okay. It's, so we can uh, call it the Pathway Program. Each individual has a path. <laughs> nice. And and what's their path? Nice. And you've been you've been with uh, BYU Pathway from the beginning. From what, day one. What, what, what was day one? Like, what do you remember from that? 
that moment? Uh, it was, I, I remember it very well. I was, um, it was uh, November of 2008. I was called into a meeting. I was a, an administrator in the division of continuing education at BYU-Idaho. Mm. I was an employee of BYU-Idaho, been there for many years. And uh, I was called into a meeting with uh, then president, Kim B. Clark, uh, my direct report, Clark G. Gilbert, and um, Henry J. Iring was also in the meeting. I know these are a lot of names. Yeah, but well, they're in, more familiar now than if you know church then, yeah. education. Yeah. Uh, th these are these are great strategists and wonderful people. And and the really really quick story was uh, Kim Clark said, "I've got an idea, and it involves higher education, uh, online education, and church buildings, seminary buildings, institute buildings around the around the United States." Was the first. Uh, approach. And if students cannot come to Rexburg, Idaho and BYU, Idaho, how do we go to them? How do we take, how do we take church education to them? And that was the introduction. And uh, myself and, and Clark Gilbert were given the charge to go figure this out. Hmm. Nice. And, and so, and, and as we go through this, I'll learn more and more about BYU Pathway. I mean, why not? And it, I guess in some ways it is just online BYU education, but why not just say, why we're, we're taking BYU and BYU-Idaho online and we're going to offer online classes. I think there's other higher in institutions that are doing that, right? So what, what made this be its own thing rather than just an online program for our existing universities? Right. So there's, there's thousands of online yeah. universities and online options, and that's not the church way. Hmm. Uh, one, one thing we did, my background was in, in marketing. And so when I was given this assignment, the first thing I said is we need focus groups. I want to find out how to do this. And so I called a buddy of mine who was the Institute director at Boise state university. And I said, do you have, uh, students that come to your campus, come to Institute, but they actually don't go to Boise state university. We, this wasn't about. Um, capturing students' market share. This was not yeah. about market share. Mm. We weren't trying to take students from other universities. If they're going to school, wonderful. I said, do you have students that fall into, young adults that fall into this category that don't go to, but they come to your institute? He goes, yeah, we have hundreds of them. I said, really? That come to institute, but they're not in college or not at a university. And I said, can I talk to some of them? Hmm. Yeah, no yeah. problem. <laughs> So we set up this focus group and we would go in and said, Hey, you know, thanks for coming. And, and, uh, in essence, I started off with, we read some scriptures from the prophets and the apostles. Uh, we had scriptures from president Hinckley, get all the education you can, uh, or we had quotes. Uh -huh. We had a quote from president Uchtdorf. Education is not merely a good idea. It's a commandment. We had recently president Nelson. I can, he considers education a religious responsibility. And so we'd say, do you believe these prophets, seers, and revelators that get all the education you can? Absolutely. 100%. They said, yeah, education's important. And then as carefully and tactfully as possible, <laughs> well, then why aren't you in school? Yeah. And we started getting these responses. And the number one response was cost. Mm. Can't afford it. Yeah. Number two surprised me a little bit, even though I myself am a first generation college student. Um, the, the number two answer wrapped up into fear. Uh, fear of going to college, fear of big classes. I didn't do well in high school. I didn't get a, a, a great ACT score. Mm. Um, and so this fear and then the third area was uh, generally rolled up into access. Um, and access was a lot of different things. Uh, again, I can't go to Rexburg, Idaho, Provo, Utah. I can't, I can't go to a campus, but also um, what we call barriers of entry. I have to take an ACT. I have to submit transcripts. Mm, yeah. I have to pay a college application fee. Yeah. The application process is, is application daunting, process. Right? Yeah. You know, at the time, uh, application for a traditional university, you know, 16, 17, 18 pages long. Wow. And so again, being a, a marketing background, I came back with those answers and thought, how do we build a program 
that eliminates these barriers? How do we build something where a, a young adult literally says, you know what, I'm going to give that a try. And that changed our approach. And that became what we now call uh, what is now BYU yeah. Pathway Worldwide. And in the beginning, it started under the umbrella of BYU-Idaho. Is that right? That's correct. And I mean, did, where'd you go from there? Because uh, you took gave me a little tour of, of the campus here and, and it started with 20 people or it's 20 students. 50, right? 50, students, oh, 50 students in three different areas. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you just thought, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, maybe in, uh, another approach to a focus group, we're going to grab, you know, get a handful of these students and we're going to try it. Right. And, yeah. and see where it goes. And, and were these students, were they spread out across the country? Well, we, we uh, selected three, three locations. The first two were pretty easy to select. We, um, again, because of, of my uh, friend and the connection I had to Boise area, we ended up in Nampa, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And then we also um, had connections in the Phoenix Mesa area. So we picked a group in, in Mesa, Arizona, and then we got some feedback um, from it was Elder Bednar that says, you know, everybody pilots things in the Utah, Arizona region. Why don't you go east? And uh, Kim Clark, I think, took that as a personal challenge. And we ended up in Manhattan, New York. Oh, cool. Nice. And so, yes, we went out to those areas. We did firesides. We did little focus groups. And we somehow talked, you know, a total of 50 students into and spread out over those three areas into, mm-hmm. into trying the, the pathway program. And when we talked about barriers, one of the things we did was we tried to eliminate barriers. We brought the cost down as low as feasibly possible. We said, you know what? We don't need an 18 page application, one page. Hmm. You tell us your name, your phone number, who you are. That's all we need. Yeah. Um, we don't need an application fee. We don't need ACT, SAT scores. We don't need previous transcripts. We eliminated as many barriers as possible and said, please come and, and test out college and higher yeah. ed. That was the, that was the beginning of, of the pathway. Now, when you mentioned locations, like did, did these locations require a brick and mortar of some type uh, in order to do this? Cause again, it feels, I've always understood it as an online experience. So what, what why was it necessary to have a, a actual location? Perfect question. The, the other uh, spin in that we're not just an online program is we did create while the, the class is online and the and the students log into their online class and their instructor is an online instructor. We created a weekly gathering. We wanted a safe, friendly environment for the students to come every week and gather um, almost in a, in a glorified study group. Hmm. And they would go over that week's content. So the, the lesson would open up online and it would open up on a Monday and uh, there would be things that they would study and read and prep for. And then they would come to class together, this local safe, friendly environment uh, that was administered by a local church service missionary. We used the church service missionary program and, and called missionaries to oversee this Thursday night gathering. And then the students would come together and they would teach one another and they would study together and they would answer questions and they would help each other with math problems and they would help each other with assignments. And that was their Thursday night gathering. And they would do that for the first year of the program. And they would all take the same classes together and they would go through the first year of pathway in in a cohort model and these friendships that developed and these, um, studying environment and this experience that the students had together, uh, was really the sweet spot. Nice. Nice. And, um, so w- as this, uh, this program's developed and, and now is well established across, across the world, how many countries are you in now? Just over 180 countries. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and all 50 States. And I mean, it's, and I think every, I would say most, if you're an active church member, uh, you're, you've, I, I would be surprised if you haven't heard of BYU pathway. I mean, it's pretty, uh, strong brand amongst our other universities and whatnot. Um, so is this for like anybody, I, I, I want to become a Marine biologist or an architect. Like, is it, are there different majors offered or is this sort of the, uh, uh, one track to just a general bachelor's degree. I mean, how does that work? We, uh, students start with the pathway program, that one year experience, and then they, they can, uh, continue on it to BYU, Idaho online, or we also have a new partnership with Enzyme college online in the Pacific. 
We have a partnership with BYU Hawaii. And while students uh, matriculate into those schools, we still offer the services. We're still their first connection. The uh, uh, BYU Pathway still uh, helps get those students through their program. But we do have a limited number of online degrees, uh, bachelor's degrees. Uh, I, think it, I think we're about uh, six or seven bachelor's degrees. And, and the reason we've kept it slightly limited is so that we can serve the worldwide population. We can operate wherever the church is organized and to do curriculum clear through a bachelor's degree, uh, we've we've kept that um, pretty tight and job skills, job-based focused. Yeah. So is it safe to say that um, maybe if someone has a specific ambition to specialize in a certain industry or, you know, they can start pathway, then maybe head a different direction for that. But this is maybe someone who's like, you know, I, I want to be, have more employment opportunities. I want to be better prepared. I want to put bachelor's degree on my resume and great. Why don't you come through the pathway program and it will, it will give you everything you need to do to be more employable and have a great, great life and income. We really, absolutely. We really have three, uh, three main types of students. Um, the first group consist of what we call younger students. And, and um, they, what, what uh, Kim Clark, Elder Clark referred to as the hidden many. Hmm. And I want to pause on this hidden many concept because I think as, as um, priesthood leaders out there and, and Relief Society presidents, I think this will resonate on what the hidden many is. Uh, I had another friend that was um, an institute director in Seattle, Washington, and and I called him in the early days and before we even launched. And I started to explain pathway and, and, and this young adult population. And he says, oh, I get it. He says, you're talking about the left behinds. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? He goes, every fall, we have this young adult group. We have these, these young adults that are, you know, they're coming, they're in activities and then fall comes and in, in Seattle area, they were heading to Eastern Washington and, and Centralia and they were, they were heading and they, they, and all these young adults would leave. He says, but then there was this group of left behinds that didn't have, they weren't going to college. Hmm. And we refer to those now as the hidden many that there were actually a lot of these young adults. And um, this program is, is perfect for that type of of, of uh, student or person in your ward. So yeah. that was kind of the number one group. The second group we kind of call stopouts. Uh, they started at one time, they have some college transcript. Uh, they maybe followed a spouse and, and left campuses early. Uh, they got a job, whatever it is, they stopped out and um, they want to come back and they want to finish. And then the third group uh, of adult learners who feel like they just missed their window of opportunity or they want to scale up on a, on a job or profession. And so as a, as, a, as a leader, as a bishop, as a stake president, as an elders quorum president, you can probably pick those out in your ward or your stake of, yeah, I've got some of those types of people in, in all of those categories. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, this may be a random question, but I just think of, you know, back in President Hinckley days with the Perpetual Education Fund was like this monumental announcement. Really cool. Is, is this related to that fund in any way or is this maybe a next step? Like maybe not just a fund, but we're going to have actually an online uh, or, or more dynamic offerings, educational offerings that will actually get you to where you want to go. Is that is there any connection to to that? Uh, not direct connection there in some areas of the church, it's uh, the perpetual education fund is priesthood led and okay. some priesthood leaders can choose to use perpetual education fund money to support BYU pathway. Um, and, and that is possible in some areas, uh, but it, it, it is kind of a next step in that we can reach the entire to operate wherever the church is organized. I briefly talked about one of the barriers of entry is cost. Hmm. And believe it or not, online education is actually pretty efficient hmm. and can be delivered at a pretty low cost. And we've partnered with all of church education. We've partnered with BYU-Idaho, with Ensign College. We've, we've partnered with BYU, BYU-Hawaii. We've partnered with Seminary and Institute to deliver curriculum and to help us deliver curriculum 
and lower the cost as much as possible. Mm. Uh, this coming fall, uh, 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 a per credit hour, we talk about per credit hours, it will be $79 um, per credit hour. And what that really equates to is um, most bachelor's degree take about 120 credits. So if you just run that out, you can you can get a bachelor's degree in the United States for less than $10,000 mm -hmm. through BYU Pathway Worldwide. Now, when we go international, we actually set tuition prices based on that country's economics and the, the ability to pay. We meet with local priesthood leaders and we, we, we set a, a, a tuition that we call an affordable stretch. It's affordable, but it does yeah. cost a little bit. Yeah. Um, free education doesn't work. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the idea sounds great, but <laughs> it sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But um, generally it's not a, it's not a good motivator. Uh -huh. um, but uh, our lowest cost in the, in the world is currently right now in Venezuela. Our Venezuelan students pay um, $1 per credit hour oh, or, wow. or three US dollars for a class. And that's actually still hard yeah. for some of the students yeah. in Venezuela. Yeah. Um, our average cost internationally is, a, is $11 per credit hour. And so you can get a, a US degree for um, just over $1,000, under $2,000 for sure in most of the United States, in most of the, of the world. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier on this wasn't about you know starting pathway wasn't about gaining market share or anything like that. But what you know, there are some other institutions out there that have tried some different things online. You know, I'm thinking like Western Governors and University of Phoenix over the last decade or so have, have sort of come forward as an innovative institution as far as higher education. And so, I mean, what what do you do? You get any feedback from some of these other institutions or they think, wow, that's that's interesting how you're handling that and whatnot. Do you, do you anticipate others may do this? But I would guess that you almost need sort of a, a church mm. organization that can supplement and, and help these these types of things move forward. Is any thoughts go to mind? Yeah, it's been interesting. We, we have good partnerships, uh, good connections with Western Governors and University of Phoenix, and they're doing a wonderful job. And, and we learn a lot from them. Uh, we, we do think that they learn a lot from us as well. There are, there are many uh, institutions of higher ed that have reached out to us to ask about our model. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. I was I was interviewed one time for a in a in an article, a newspaper article, and and the interviewer said, "Okay, this is this is fine. This is really neat what you all are doing at BYU <laughs> Pathway, but in order to apply to most of my readers, how can other universities do this?" And I paused and I thought about our um, buildings all over the world. Oh yeah, they're church, already there. Yeah. Church buildings all over the world. I thought about our service missionaries that help us with our pathway locations are over 2,600 service missionaries called that facilitate and do this as a calling. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought about um, our communications and marketing channels and communicating through priesthood lines and through area presidencies down to area 70, down to stake presidents, down to bishops, down to elders quorum presidents, relief society presidents, and the communication model that happens relatively for free. Um, the backing of the church to help subsidize uh, some of the tuition levels. And I, after thinking through that, you know, real quick, I just said to this interviewer, I said, I don't think other universities can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the infrastructure alone is, is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Lord has provided a way uh, to bring education, a church based education, to members of the church throughout the world. Yeah, and I, I love that idea of just uh, you know having additional ways of utilizing you know even our buildings, right? Of you know the buildings are there, and on Sundays we they're a blessing in our lives, and we use them, and uh, the basketball courts uh, used or hopefully overused. Um, but to say, yeah, and we're going to use it for some education purposes. And then, you know, the human resources of this, these senior missionaries who are looking for additional purpose in their life as they, and maybe they want maybe a less traditional missionary experience and, but we'll still be able to connect with, with young people or, or other students and really have a remarkable experience. So it's, I just love these moments where you sort of step back and see the kingdom of God and, and the inner workings <laughs> like, wow, it's almost as if this was all inspired, you know? So I love that. It's awesome. Um, 
No, you have a list, I, and I, well, I'm going to ask you one more question as far as just the 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 model of BYU Pathway, the understand it. But then we, you have a great list here of maybe seven ways, and maybe we've touched on some of them, but seven ways church leaders could leverage this this program to really bless uh, the membership in their area. So, the last question as far as the 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 model, you show me out here. There's this. Uh, Almost this four-step uh, model as far as, what was the first one? The Pathway Connect. Pathway the first Connect. Year. Uh-huh. The first year. And then they move into some certification and then associate's degrees and then bachelor degrees. So lead us through like yeah. just the what's the general, in five minutes or less, the general uh, experience a student is going to have and what uh, steps they're going to move through. Sure. As we, as we, talked, as we talked about we, we, those original students that we talked to and... Um, we would find out why are you not in why are you not in school uh, why are you not in college and what's happened along and some of them had started and stopped and some of you know the fear came in and so we created the pathway connect step number one is pathway connect we're going to build confidence we're going to build hope and we're going to this safe learning environment and then as we looked at the, you know the traditional campus it says your next step you come to campus as a freshman and you leave with a bachelor's degree hopefully in four years. Now we're actually realizing the data is showing it's taking five and six years for many students to finish with a bachelor's degree. That's a long time. And guess what? Life gets in the way and, and people have, you know, you have children and you, and you have job transfers and, and you run out of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens when you leave campus early you have a bunch of random credits. Yeah. That hopefully transfer if you need them to someday, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, I guess you can put that on your resume. Like I have a few credits from, <laughs> you know, I took this class and it, it's, it's not a good system if you leave early. Mm-hmm. And so we recognized that and we thought we've got to create, back then we called it, you know, small wins in the, in the Covey theory. We got to create some small wins along the way. What, what about after Pathway Connect? after they do the first year with us in 15 more credit hours or just five more classes, a student earns a certificate, hmm. a certificate in web management or in web design, a certificate in bookkeeping. Uh, within, within five more classes, they have a certificate. On most college campuses, your freshman year, you get thrown into generals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this student that like said, boy, I don't even know why I'm here <laughs> is now sitting in a pick, you know, general 101 yeah, class, biology or biology yeah. going, what am I? I don't, yeah, I don't even I like doing? this class. Yeah. I'm with 250 other people. Why am I here? Yeah. And the at-risk student, the general uh, traditional higher ed is not taking care of that at-risk student. So we flipped the model and we said, we actually want to get you a certificate right away. Hmm. And then along the way, we're going to work on an associate degree. And we say along the way, because there's no credits, you're not going out. If you have 120 credits, you're going to get a certificate. And then if you uh, continue, you're going to get an associate degree. And we put, we still have those generals. You can't get rid of them, but we put them on the latter half towards the end of the associate degree. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Students can get those small wins along the way and keep that motivation. And then guess what? They get that associate degree. And if life gets in the way at that point, at least they have something to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. At least they have something there. And um, the other thing that we, as we grew internationally, we started to see some amazing uh, effects of international students getting their certificate and that was enough from an, from an American school. That was enough to double and triple their income in some instances. Hmm. And so there were stopping out points rather than, um, boy, I've just got this cobbled credit. Yeah. It's like, I've got something from uh, a university. Yeah. And so during those first or second years, are they sort of, are they certificate focused? Like, okay, I'm going to take this and that class. Cause then that's going to get me closer to certificate A or B, right? Is that's that right. the idea? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm really interested in social media marketing. Great. We've got a certificate through Enzyme college in social media marketing. So your first five classes are going to be focused on social media marketing, mm-hmm. something you're really interested in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so these certificates, they're, they are coming from an accredited institution. idea. Right. So you could create a, you know, a, a, you know, whatever certificate, but because an accredited organization is doing it, then they can confidently put it on a resume or whatnot. That's that right. The idea? That's okay. exactly right. Nice. And so in, as far as that first year, um, you, you talked about how it's just this, it's a very, um, um, like the, the transition into college life is, is a little bit softer on people. Right. And so is there anything else about that first year that uh, is worth mentioning that differentiates uh, BYU pathway? I think doing it in cohort in the cohort model and, and, and the spirit that students feel when they gather and they learn together. Mm -hmm. And in, in that first year um, we have a life skills class, we have a university skills class and um, Hmm. we have some students that are like, you know, this is kind of basic math. And we're like, yeah, you're there to help the person next to you. Hmm. Or you have the, the 45 year old, um, stay at home mother who's, you know, had a wonderful, wonderful time raising her children. And she comes back, she's like, wait, we're doing algebra. <laughs> yeah. And that cohort group comes together and they help each other and they learn and they learn by the spirit and they and they go to their institute class together, uh, the religion class, and and um, it's just a wonderful, safe yeah. uh, environment. And it, it, these groups are is that do they have official name? Is it the cohort group or is it just a your group or your you? group? It's usually uh, it's area based. You know okay. your your Nampa group or your gotcha. South Salt Lake or your uh, you know nice. And so they meet in person pre pandemic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and now it's a, a hybrid. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hybrid. We, we shifted, we shifted very quickly. Uh -huh. Um, it was amazing. Uh, when the pandemic hit, it took about a week and a half and we shifted the entire, all of our face-to-face, -face, um, gatherings. We shifted to an online, uh, mm -hmm. zoom process. And, uh, within a, within 10 days we were up and running. Yeah. We did not have the the slide that many institutions have. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And so these are they, they meet on, meet on a weekly basis for the first year. Okay. And I love this because you know we, we talk a lot about the concept of you know community and the power of community. And so you're, I would imagine that's going to encourage people or when they have that overwhelming week, they're less likely to think you know I think this just isn't for me. I'm going to drop out because now they they're sitting with others who maybe two others had a similar week or you know others can encourage them or whatnot. Right. Oh, it's yeah. Sort of your your team. They lock arms and they say you are not dropping out on us. That's cool. We need you here. Yeah. And uh, we've seen some amazing blessings. Nice. All right. Let's jump into this list here. And um, I'm sure we, we've touched on a few of these already, but the first one is unemployed or underemployed individuals. So in this, we're talking in the context of if I'm a bishop, uh, a Relief Society president, and you know, I can pinpoint a handful of people in my organization who maybe thought, you know, desire a, 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 a different life or more opportunities in life. And so hopefully these will, these will uh, spark some, some ideas for those people. So let's talk those that are unemployed or underemployed. Yeah. We created this list of, hopefully we haven't lost some of our, our, our leaders on this podcast that are like, wait, yeah, this isn't for me. Well, no, it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, when you are a, a bishop and we talked about, I'd, I'd served in a, in a YSA ward as a bishop and uh, been an elders quorum president three different times now. Nice. And, and um, as a as a Relief Society president, a primary president, as a bishop, if you have uh, somebody that's unemployed or underemployed, uh, BYU Pathway, again, we're going to start with those uh, job-ready certificates and job-ready skills, or you're going to be able to um, uh, increase your employability at a much quicker pace. Mm -hmm. And so at a low cost, this is a, a great environment. And... And so we also, the reason we want to go through this list of, of how could I use, how does BYU pathway, how can I use it in my ministry is that sometimes bishops have a hard time reaching certain people in their ward, mm -hmm. or you have this home that is a, is a, is a part member family. We'll come back to that, but how do I get inside the doors and, um, education and BYU pathway at a low cost, efficient, this is built exactly for you. It's a great way to get inside a door yeah. and to, and to reach a, a, a member or somebody in your, 
under your stewardship that you haven't been able to reach in a while. Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm sure, and I've been this Bishop who has gone to the you know, door two or three times and I've invited him to the ward Christmas party and invited him to church. And now it's just sort of getting awkward. It's yeah. like, I can tell you really don't want me knocking on here, but <laughs> Hey, I just want to stop by, talk to you about this uh, opportunity. I don't know what your employment situation is or tell me about it. And uh, man, this may be something to look at. Here's, here's some information yeah. and let's talk further. Or I heard you, you were yeah. recently, you know, you may be recently unemployed and, yeah. and, and I have an off and I have an opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the second area uh, you can use in your ministry, young single adults. Again, it's, this is close to my heart as a yeah. former uh, YSA young single adult bishop. But uh, this is those. Um, the left behinds. The left behinds. Yeah. The hidden many. The hidden many, yeah. These are the ones that, uh, you know, they're 18, 19, 20, uh, up to 30 years old. And, and, and you just want to grab them by the lapel and say, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, you got to do something, you know? Yeah. And they say, and they give you those excuses. I can't do college because of this, this, and this. Well, have you heard about BYU Pathway? Mm-hmm. Because they built a program for you. And we have one stake president uh, that I, uh, uh, former stake president that, I, I hold this quote to, dear to my heart. He says, I've never seen anything this powerful in bringing into activity young adults who have wandered away. Hmm. Yeah, because it engages them again. Not, it's not like they're going to be overwhelmed with spiritual stuff. I mean, it, it is uh, college, it is school to some degree, but there are a lot of components to this that are highly spiritual and, sure. and kind of ignite that fire in them again. Right? Yeah, we've worked in the restored gospel of Jesus Christ into our curriculum. Uh, the students, as they're taking their life skills class, they also take a an institute class. That's part of the requirement. And so we're getting them to institute. And this is just, this is the pathway program. Yeah. This is this is how it works. And, and so is that institute credit, that's similar, like going to BYU, I'm going to take a Book of Mormon it's class. It's your religion right? credit. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. And so, and oh, by the way, it's free. Nice. And so, uh, I like free credits. That's right. right. That's right. How do we, again, removing as many barriers as possible. It's like, we've got institutes all over the world. Yeah. Why can't we use that curriculum as our religion credit that the other schools, well, you know what? We can. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. What would you say as far as that, the time commitment, I I would imagine a young YSA, uh, you know, member of the church is they got a lot of social things going on. Maybe they got a great full-time job and, and they're just overwhelmed with life and they think I don't got time for this. Maybe that's one of their excuses. Is there a general response to that? Yeah. It's the first year of the program pathway connect. Uh, It's going to vary obviously Mm -hmm. per student, but uh, it's anywhere from 10 to 12, maybe even 15 hours a week at most. Um, Students will take two classes uh, each semester for that first year, or, or we're transitioning into blocks to speed that up a little bit. But uh, and then after the Pathway Connect, and they get into the online degree program, and they're now pursuing their associate's degree or the bachelor's degree, they can go as fast or as slow as they want. Hmm. And oh, by the way, that low tuition cost—that seventy-nine dollars per credit hour that they get when they start Pathway Connect—they keep that pathway tuition throughout the rest of their academic career. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, I love that. Love that. All right. Next one is recently returned missionaries. Love this. We, you get a, you get a young man, a young woman in your office. What are you doing? What's the next step? Many of them get charged from their mission president. They get a charge to go home and start their education. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this is a perfect opportunity for young return missionaries. Matter of fact, a fun little story with the pandemic when uh, the church re- recalled, is that the right word? <laughs> brought, <Yes. laughs> brought a lot of the missionaries home in, in March and April and May of uh, 2020. We uh, s- were able to send a, a message out to all returning missionaries and say, uh, you can start with BYU Pathway, like effective immediately. And we enrolled um, uh, several thousand missionaries during that first uh, phase of the pandemic. Love it. Um, But uh, a fun thing that we've watched over time, 95% of our returned missionaries who are in Pathway and the Pathway and Pathway Connect uh, are still active three years after their mission. Wow. Wow. And then the other thing that we did to incentivize returned missionaries, we have a returned missionary scholarship. 
if you uh, with if you start BYU Pathway within uh, five years of coming home, you get an automatic twenty five percent reduction to your tuition. Wow! Just for being a return missionary, and uh, we've seen some tremendous growth. Wow! A lot of incentives there. For That's sure. right. And I would imagine. I mean, this is because there's maybe some uncertainty as as a return missionary comes home and think, well, I. I need to go to college at some point. I don't know. I might, you know, go into the workforce. And there's this feeling of like, if I start something, I think I, I have to finish it. But I would imagine someone could come and why don't you try Pathway out for a year, right? And just see how it goes or six months or whatever it is. And at least it's something. And maybe just go get one certificate. Or That's right. Type of thing, right? And we've seen tremendous success internationally. Many of these international students, you know, from these uh, struggling countries and struggling economies, that have that have lived well, uh, that have done well as a missionary, and they're going home to nothing. Hmm. And now the mission president can say, "Elder sister, when you go home, you start path BYU pathway right away." Yeah, and it gives them something to look forward to and and to continue that spiritual and personal growth that, that that young man, young woman needs. Nice. And are there some countries still that, that is just not an opportunity yet? Or, I mean, can this be an opportunity for anybody anywhere? But you need sort of your local team as well, right? We, we needed the local team, um, but uh, the pandemic, we, uh, we grew, like I mentioned, we grew in virtual, in virtual gatherings. Mm-hmm. And in and, and some of these um, smaller countries, some of these uh, areas where it's uh, a gathering is, is, is not possible because we can't have a good mass of, mm-hmm. you know, a 10 to 15 students is a good population for gathering. We can do virtual gatherings and you still meet once a week uh, with a group, a cohort. And it's going to be most of the time it's going to be regionally based, but you're going to meet with the cohort uh, virtually. And that's how we reach uh, members of the church throughout the world. Oh, cool. That's awesome. All right. What about, um, individuals who maybe aren't as engaged in the traditional Latter-day Saint, uh, you know, activity? Yeah. This, uh, again, back to the elders corn president, the relief Society president, uh, you've, you've got a, a less active individual that's not quite as engaged. And, um, this is uh, this is an opportunity to, to knock on the door, to send an email, to send a text, and to uh, invite them to uh, BYU Pathway mm-hmm. and invite them to the Pathway Connect program. And it's not as as scary as inviting them, you know, to church or even to some activity that maybe they've been invited to the ward activity for years. This is a new approach to to less active. And again. Um, we have them making friends with with fellow uh, members of the ward. We've seen some great, great uh, data on uh, on activity increasing with with less actives that enroll in BYU Pathway. I love that. And then uh, the same idea with you know part member families. Yes. Uh, is there any different approach there or a similar approach? Part member family. Have you heard of BYU Pathway? Uh, we've, we've seen great success. We do have a limited number of, 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 um, members of other faiths enrolled in pathway. It is, uh, dedicated to, uh, members of the church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some areas we, we do have, we do see a, a growth of members of other faith and we found about a 30% conversion rate for, uh, members of other faith that start BYU pathway about 30% of them convert. Now it's not all because of BYU pathway, but again, they're in this, this group of, of other members of the church and um, they're feeling the spirit. They're being taught by the spirit. They're learning by the spirit. And it's a great opportunity for uh, members of other faith. Yeah. And so if you're not a member of the church, you can, there's no limitation per se, but there is this, they have the expectation. This is a very heavy religious experience. I mean, you know, so expect that. Don't be shocked if you Yeah, we don't change the curriculum. You still need to go to Institute. You're still going to talk about uh, general conference talks. You're still going to, you know, and so we found the best connection uh, is that they they have a connection to the church somehow, some way. Uh Uh, For those that, that don't know a lot about the Church of Jesus Christ, it's going to be a challenge, but for those part member families, for those that are currently meeting with the missionaries, receiving lessons, uh, 
it, it works much better for, for that type of individual. Nice. And this next one, a recent converts, I, I love this idea because I think with a recent convert, you know, we talk, you know, the three things President Hinckley talks about that a, that a member needs. Um, and I think with, we're just trying to get them involved on mm-hmm. any level as possible. And so if they're in a place that additional, ed, you know, higher ed would, would bless their life, what a great way to, again, just nurture their, um, their soul with the, the good word of the gospel and also give them some, employability. Yes. Perfect. Uh, recent, recent convert and, and here's a chance to come in and again, in a, in a safe environment to build some confidence, build some hope and to get some, um, excuse me, get some basic, uh, gospel doctrine in, in, a in an institute class mm-hmm. and to be able to ask your, you know, your friend that you're becoming, uh, really close to and say, can you explain this doctrine to me a little bit better? Yeah. And it's a, it's a perfect opportunity. Yeah. And I'm thinking of maybe those younger, uh, young single adults who join the church and, you know, maybe they want to do a mission, but there's sort of that year waiting period. And you're thinking, all right, just hold on, like, let's get you there and we'll get you on a mission. But this is a great preparation for that as maybe they, they plan on a mission as well. Right. It's perfect. Nice. All right. What about, um, this last one is non-native English speakers. So is there, is pathway available in, in multiple languages? Currently it's, it's all in English, but we have built components of English language learning. And so there is an uh, English assessment. If you, as you're filling out our, our very quick application, if you indicate that, that English is not your native language, we have a quick assessment that, that uh, they'll take as part of their application process. And um, so you, you score a specific, and we say, yes, you can, you can enter the pathway program, um, but uh, we're gonna teach English, basic uh, English along the way. And uh, to help with professional communication, we have a, um, a Spanish ward in my stake and uh, BYU Pathway is great for some of these uh, members of the church where English is not their first language to get conversive in um, business English and communication English and writing a resume and uh, pursuing you know, job applications and things of that nature. We're going to teach those things to non-native English speakers as part of the pathway process. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, anything else as far as I'm just thinking, you know, the, the church is so dynamic, has all these great resources, everything from, you know, roots tech and family history or family search to, um, you know, the, the self reliance initiative and those things like there's all these things out there that sometimes we just are focused on, all right, who's speaking in church this Sunday? Cause we've got to make sure that's done. Right. And then these other programs, they either get forgotten about. And then I think BYU pathway sometimes falls victim yes. to this. It's like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot the church did that thing. You know? So any other like ways that a church leader could just generally promote BYU pathway, do you, you know, bulletin board thing, or, yeah. and I know the church probably sends stuff out or whatnot, <laughs> but anything else you, other than maybe identifying specific members and reaching out to them and offering this opportunity, anything else that a church leader could do to uh, better promote uh, these awesome opportunities? Absolutely. If I'm a bishop, if I'm an elders quorum president or least society president, and I'm hearing this and I think I want to know more about BYU pathway, I would find out uh, where is the BYU Pathway missionaries? Who are they? Where's my local BYU Pathway? So every area th- should, should have. have one. Okay. Yeah, and so you, unless you're in some remote, uh, you'll go through village, your stake yeah. president. Said, you know, dear stake president, do you know who our BYU Pathway missionary is? A good place to start is also with welfare and self reliance, mm. the WSRS, and, and contact your welfare and self reliance uh, individual and say, who are our Pathway missionaries? I want to talk to them. I want to do a, a, a devotional. I want to do a fireside. I mm-hmm. want to get some pamphlets. And um, if that stake president says, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, then you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Time to do some research. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, this is a great tool. And, and I get it. As a bishop, the bishop doesn't really, the, you know, this might be an opening door for the bishop to, to go out and say, hey, have you heard about BYU Pathway? Yeah. But as a bishop... You can't just take all of that on and you want to find out who are my pathway missionaries, who in WSRS, welfare and self-reliance, who knows about pathway. And and you just say, go talk to them. Yeah. This is the person you want to talk to. You have that, those missionaries come to your ward council 
you have that member of welfare and self-reliance come to your ward council and you explain BYU pathway. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the, the bishop doesn't have to know everything. We have a great website for priesthood leaders, um, you know, byupathway.org slash church leaders. Okay. We'll link to it in the show notes for sure. Byupathway.org slash church leaders. And, and, and the bishop can click to that, but you and I have both been bishops. We only have so much time, but, um, we can, we can point people to the right places. Yeah. And, you know, currently I'm serving in uh, our word mission and I'm just, you know, all these things you rattle off as far as just the missionary opportunity that is there, like the word mission should have some level of understanding of, you know, maybe who these local missionaries are, or, you know, cause I can think of one or two people who we've talked about as a word mission of thinking, all right, what, you know, how can we reach out to them? And man, what a great opportunity to make sure they know of BYU pathway and, and go that way. You know, 100%. Yeah. We all, as you go through these things and how BYU pathway can benefit people, we all have people in our minds that are like, this can help that person. Yeah. This can help that young adult. This can help this, uh, you know, person that's, um, that's moved to the United States or, and, and, and so it's having that connection. Who can I connect this person to and find those missionaries, find that, uh, WSRS representative. Yeah. Now these, the pathway missionaries, are they typically like they're, they're missionaries that like live in their own home and that's sort right. of the local. So it's, it's probably Sir. some of them you are already familiar with mm-hmm. that are, that's in your stake yeah. and that's who it is. Right. Yeah. And there's also in the handbook the you know, the, um, the handbook also talks about, you can have a, a stake education specialist. Sometimes it's a high council member. Sometimes it's, it's, it's this, these missionaries, pathway missionaries, but you know, dear stake president, who is our stake educational specialist hmm. that we can start referring these people to? Yeah. Love it. Anything else we haven't covered or touched on? Do we, do we, uh, speak justice to the BYU pathway <laughs> worldwide? <laughs> I just, you know, and you, you, you mentioned this earlier, Kurt, about, isn't it amazing to see kind of the Lord's hand? Yeah. And how, how is he going to reach, uh, faithful covenant members across the world with a church-based education? You know, we've got the church education system. We've got our flagship in BYU, mm-hmm. a wonderful, uh, a wonderful, uh, university doing great things, academically competitive. We've got BYU Hawaii. That's the, the Pacific capstone that, that serves the Pacific and, and serves a, 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 a wonderful population. We've got BYU-Idaho that's a, a more of an open enrollment and, and with the three-track system able to serve more students and really a good, solid teaching campus and, and, and teaching and focused on the one. We've got Enzyme College with... Um, good applied curriculum, job ready skills, certificates, associates, and a limited number of bachelor's degree. And, and we have that great foundation of church education. And then we come in with BYU Pathway Worldwide and the online environment and this um, system where we've set up to serve members of the church all over the world with local gatherings, but then the opportunity to earn a church-based education. I've met wonderful, amazing people. I've been able to travel the world. I think last count, uh, 22 different countries. Hmm. Um, now it's, we're in 180, so I'm not quite, I haven't been everywhere. <laughs> but there are solid, faithful, covenant-keeping members all over the world. And it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to do to do this. and. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about um, the support of many of our donors that help keep the tuition low hmm. to help with these return missionary scholarships. And we just unveiled a Heber J. Grant scholarship where a student can just raise their hand and say, I need some assistance. And we, and we have these programs because we have great friends of BYU Pathway that uh, give their money to help uh, support international students and even students in the United States yeah. as well. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because even though uh, you know it's quite affordable, there may be some financial concerns, and that you know make a phone call too, and there's some maybe opportunities for yeah. scholarships and things they can look into. So, awesome. Uh, well, if if education is a commandment, there's not uh, too many excuses why you can't fulfill that <laughs> commandment. So, uh, it's it's awesome to see these programs just flourish and be innovative. You know, I think sometimes our church is so big. Sometimes we get the you know we get labeled that we're not innovative or we don't move quickly but in reality in these in these different corners of the church there's a lot of innovation going on and it's awesome so um just a few minutes wrap up i want to talk about jd for a minute so you've been a, a ysa bishop and elders quorum president three times um did you and you got you have a phd is that right that's correct yes. so uh, did, did you begin this journey thinking that you're going to teach at a college somewhere or what, what was the plan with the phd <laughs> uh my first job at, that, that took me to my background was in marketing mm -hmm. marketing and sales and my first job that took me to byu idaho was a one-year teaching appointment um in the middle of my career I had a chance to go back to Rexburg, Idaho, where my wife was born and raised and uh, to move our family to Rexburg was very appealing. And so I, I took a leap of faith and, and taught uh, marketing and sales classes for a year. Now that was, I um, didn't have a PhD at the time, but I absolutely loved that year of teaching. Hmm. I loved the students. I loved the interaction. Um, I loved the spirit of, of the spirit of Rick's, we call it the spirit of BYU, Idaho. And so at that point I thought, uh, and then I, I, I did, I, reta I was retained at BYU Idaho. I got moved into oh, continuing cool. education and, and this administrative role, but my entire time I said, I want to get back in the classroom. Hmm. And so that's why I went back and got the, the PhD. And at one point in my career, I, I went back to president Kim B. Clark and, and said, do you think I'll ever be able to get back into teaching full-time? And I had just started Pathway and he just kind of looked at me and shook his head. He's like, no, <laughs> this is not the Lord's will. Thank yeah, you for asking. This is where you need to be. Um, but uh, it did help me because that PhD was online. Oh, and cool. it was one of the very first online programs uh, back in 2008, 2009. And, and so I was doing that at the same time I was helping launch uh, Pathway. And so when I could sit down with a, uh, an, an adult learner and say, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tough, but you can do it. Yeah. I was testifying of truth and knowledge. Nice. You can do it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, last question I have for you is uh, you've had many different leadership experiences, both, you know, in, in, and maybe a church experience and also in the church education uh, world here. Uh, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? I love this question. I knew you were going to ask it. <laughs> Nice. And um, the the thought that keep the the one word that keeps coming to my mind is love. Um, it's it's impossible to serve in in any calling and do it faithfully and not feel love for for others. And uh, when you're sitting across that desk in a uh, in a bishop mode, when you're visiting a home in an elders quorum president mode, and uh, you're hosting an event as a release society. A counselor in their presidency, uh, the love that you feel of service is um, is is wonderful. It's amazing, and it's why I do what I do. All right, that concludes my interview with J.D. Griffith. Sure appreciate his time. We had a great conversation even uh, after this recording. And uh, man, it, and we kept coming up with these things like, oh, we forgot to mention this or that. And one thing that really impressed me, and I'll just slip, slip it in here, is that BYU Pathway is different from other, uh, you know, a, a enrolling in other church sponsored institutions because for the first year it is not required to have an ecclesiastical endorsement so you so there may be a bishop out there who has somebody who'd be a perfect fit or who'd be blessed by byu pathway but maybe they're struggling with the law of chastity or word of wisdom issue and that's okay get them into byu pathway and not only will it get them started on you know moving toward a certificate or a, a degree but it's going to help them spiritually as well as they attend institute and engage with with this uh, 
community and uh, see progress. There's so many things. Get familiar with BYU Pathway. We'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, share this with maybe other members of your ward council, uh, maybe a neighboring stake or ward, and make sure everybody's aware of BYU Pathway. Sure, appreciate the invitation that they extended us to come down and talk with uh, allow us to talk with them and JD was a great sport doing that and gave a lot of awesome information. And remember, go to leadingsaints.org/14 to access our full Young Saints virtual library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.